Uh, good afternoon. You're listening to the Rugby League Quizzes podcast. This is episode 13. No Josh just yet, but he'll be joining us later on. Um, but I'm joined by the Bachelor Brothers, Joe and James. How's things, chaps? Yeah, good, right, yeah, good, mate. Yeah, all good. Um, so what we're going to do is basically um, just going to ask you a bit about, obviously, how you cope with lockdown and, and obviously now things are getting back to, to normal with training and stuff. Just a bit of the rest of the year and, and how things will be a bit different for you guys. Um, so we'll start with yourself, James. How, how's lockdown treated you, mate? It's not been too bad. Um, we've, we've been doing, keeping myself fit all right and then we got a puppy quite early, well, just before lockdown, actually, so... I've been running around like mad after that as well, which has helped keep me uh, doing. You got life. a puppy, did you say? Yeah. What did you get? What kind uh, of dog? Ah, right. Christ, not really a puppy, is it? <laughs> oh, no, it's massive. <laughs> just, yeah, so we couldn't take her out for the first five or six weeks, so we'd had all jobs either, so she was yeah. bouncing floor walls, chewing everything, oh. causing carnage. Oh, good. What about yourself, Joe? Uh, yeah, pretty similar. Uh, James copied me because I got a puppy in <laughs> So, uh, been looking after him and then decided to lend myself to some DIY at the house. But being a tight Yorkshireman, I'm doing it on the cheap. So, <laughs> it's taking longer than it should do. So, just, just tell us a bit about yourselves. Obviously, you're brothers, but um, Joe, you're the older one. Where, where, where did you grow up as kids? Uh, we grew up in Osset, just outside Wakefield. Uh, it's not too far from, about a mile from the Jewsbury Rams ground, actually. Right. Um, and then we we didn't really start playing rugby till a bit later on, about 12 for me, but I think it was a little bit later than that. Um, we bit, Grandad took us and watched some Wakefield games, and we got hooked, but we, we just didn't start playing. We were playing football until later on. Football? Yeah. Right, okay. Mm. Who, who was the better football at the two years then? Oh. Well, James was fat, fat as a kid, so he was used to it. George is used to standing goal, he couldn't kick a ball. <laughs> and obviously, you know, James yourself, you you know, you've sort of gone the, the traditional route through you know Super League Academy at Wakefield. Mm. Joe, you've obviously found yourself playing championship at York and then going to St. Helens. So just to start with yourself, James, obviously you've been at Wakefield. How long now and, and how are you finding it, mate? Uh, yeah, I started in 2016 on Trial Academy. Um, so it's just coming up, I think it is. Yeah. Uh, it was pretty fast through then going to Academy to the first team. It's It's been good, especially being hometown club and that, um, being pretty local. It, it all happened really fast, like I say, so... I wasn't in the academy for too long, but it was great when I was there. And yeah, it's really good because it's on doorstep. I had to desert mum and dad like Joe did and break their hearts. So, <laughs> so I think I'm submitting myself as favourite child doing that as well. <laughs> and what about yourself, Joe? So, in fact, which championship club did you play for? Did you both play for the same club? Or? Uh, we, we both started out at Kugelson, Um and then. Kugelson folded at my age group, so I was at Jewsbury Celtic then for right. two or three years. Um, Alex Wormsley, yeah. that's where Alex Wormsley came for as well, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Alex played at Jewsbury as well, so there's, there's a couple of us over there now. So we're, we're flying a flag for Yorkshire over in, uh, in Ireland. And then, obviously, for yourself, Joe, you took a bit of like a, an unorthodox route into Super League. You went through sort of York and then 
obviously found your way into the Saints. You played at Lee as well, joining you know, obviously Jill Reg and that sort of thing. What what what's the what was your route through from you know say GB Celtics into York and then eventually onto St Helens? Uh, so probably the, the biggest step after Juve Celtic was going to Wakefield College and doing a, a course which um, ran alongside being a full-time training, playing rugby and playing against other college teams. So that's where it's sort of like my biggest development happened where audio I ended up under York was coaching with uh, Mick Manford. So they, they really helped me go from only ever being an amateur player to even thinking about playing professionally. Uh, and then I signed at Sheffield Eagles in the academy. I played a couple of years there in the academy reserves. Went over to Australia for a year, did a year there, came back, uh, signed at Coventry for about six months, which I really enjoyed. And I'm really grateful that they gave me my first team debut. And then I speak for the message me in after that season finished and after I thought I'd go for trial up at York and it's gone from there really. Yeah. And obviously that that year in particular where um I think did you get championship forward of the year or something or, I don't know, but I remember certainly signing you when the, I think York got promoted from League One into championship and you were signed for St. Helens that year, if I remember rightly. Is that is that right, Joe? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um and, we, and what was the, I, the I what, go on, sorry, mate. Go on. No, you go, you go. Well, I was going to say, what's the, what's the big step from being at like York, who, you know, during the, your time there was in League One, and then obviously you go to, to St. Helens, one of the, the sort of flagship clubs of, of Super League? It's, it, it's just being, being a full time player is completely different to being a part time player, as you can imagine. Yeah. Um, when I was part time, in, in any spare moment away from work was sort of thinking about playing for York and what I could do to play my best rugby at York. And then I've been lucky enough, like you said, that St. Helens, the, the top team in England at the time, came in for me. And I've just been lucky to be able to make that progression to full time. And then some of the players and learning the profession, how to be a professional for them is, a, is an amazing experience. And, and just a quick one before I come back to yourself, James. Um, the... Like the fitness side of things, Joe. So obviously, like you said, at League One, you, you're part time, and a lot of those players that you're playing against, they're possibly training what two, three times a week. Whereas obviously, you know, again in Super League, playing against like you, you know your brother at Wakefield and people like that. Did Did you find it a, a manageable step up, or, or did you struggle at first with the, the fitness side of things? Uh, it, it was a bit of both. So like, obviously, I, I knew I had improvements to make, and um. Putting on a bit of size is obviously the most obvious one for me. So I, I worked hard at doing that. Uh, the fitness is something that I always tried to make sure I was on top of, like even at York. So when I went to St. Helens, I wasn't, I wasn't a million miles off the pace. Yeah. Um, but it's just being able to do little things like look after my body properly and make minor adjustments to help me be a better thing. Doing the 1% to be a cliche, uh, that, that was... That was something that I found really not time consuming, but a bit a big part of my days. Yeah, really. And and again, James, just come back to yourself then, mate. So yes. I think it was the end of twenty eighteen. You was on the England Knights tour to Papua New Guinea, wasn't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was right. What was that like? Bit of an experience. Yeah, it was. It was something else over there. It were it were 
the when we the first week we were over there, we stayed in Lake, which is smack bang in the middle of the rainforest, uh, and we'd just come straight from Brisbane, and it was just two completely different worlds. Um, but it, it was honestly it was brilliant out there. We couldn't really leave hotels; so we didn't have any choice but to to like each other. But and what what do, do, obviously you mentioned that though you were, you couldn't really leave the hotels. Is that? Yeah. They, they, they start like cannibalism and stuff over there, don't they? It's a bit sort of ruthless, isn't it? Well, uh, yeah, they'd sort of do up in the the rainforest areas and things like that. So we we were getting told when we were over there. I think you, you might have seen it. There's a video when uh, is it Carl Pilkington goes abroad to all these places. Not Pilkington, sorry, um, Ross Ross Kemp. Oh he, yeah, yeah. Uh, he's in the rainforest and someone's got a gun up for your money. And he turned around and says, you're not going to shoot me with that. And, and apparently that were only about 10 miles from where we were. So <laughs> really when, then, yeah. when we were there, we were literally weren't allowed to leave that hotel. But when we got some more to Port Moresby, it were a bit more. F- but they just sort of said the main thing was rugby league's ridiculous over there. They said they'll know everything about you and your career. So if you go out, you'll get mobbed by loads of them and they'll want the shit off your back. They want the shots you've got on. So they basically said, if you go, you'll just come back with nothing. When you're out and about, is, is that literally what it's like then? Yeah, yeah it's it's crazy. Um, I remember after the game, it were it were on like a little minibus like you'd have at school, but the doors didn't shut properly and some <laughs> of the windows weren't in it. And they were no, weren't allowed to get changed at the stadium because of how crazy it was. And we jumped back on the bus. The driver was having to like reverse into people to get them to move and there was some bloke banging on the window at me and Tom Davis sat next to each other and he were like uh, doing gesture where he puts like his thumb across his throat like he's going to kill us and stuff and then he's hammered on accelerator we've gone to gates and gates were shut so we've turned around and there are about 500 just sprinting after the bus and everyone were going mad just goes just drive, just drive. <laughs> crazy I've never seen anything like it that, that is bizarre. That not that, that tour itself. So like you said, though, you went to Brisbane, then over to. Um, I think you played two tests in Papua New Guinea, didn't you? Yeah. Well, obviously, you know, you, you, at the time you were probably what twenty years old, something like that. So he, was that a bit yeah. a big part of obviously your sort of career progression? Would you say to to be in that sort of tour environment? Yeah, um, I think stuff like you learn a lot about yourself in situations like that. So I went with the England Academy in twenty. 16 to Australia as well when I'd only just joined the academy and I was still trying to get my head around full-time environment and I learned a lot about sort of looking after me. you've got loads of free time and uh, and controlling yourself and not doing stupid things and then going to Papua New Guinea was just completely different because it was just a different environment uh, and you had to sort of like live in your own bubble because you physically couldn't just go out of a hotel and go for a walk and when you needed to kill some time. So it's just stuff like that where you can learn a lot about yourself, even if it's not as much about rugby, if it's just about how to, to live properly and look after yourself. Yeah, good on you, mate. Now, obviously, there's been a bit of news sort of the last three or four days, especially about um, Super League returning and, and the potential doubt around that with... Um, the, the players' potential pay cuts and that sort of thing. Now, obviously, again, you play for sort of two completely different clubs, but we'll start with yourself, James. What, what's going on at Wakefield and, and what do you suspect will happen over the next few days to, to get you back? 
Uh, well, yeah, we've we've got the date to go back next week. Um, we had pay cuts like every other club did in April, um, and we all signed off on them. Um, I think at the moment there's just a few bit of talks between players, union, and club just to see where everyone's at. Uh, some players, obviously, they're a bit more conscious about money if they're out of contract at the end of the year or if they've uh, with mortgages and things like that. And where the club's at, really, what's changed for them since we last took the pay cuts, if anything, and what happens moving forward if fans come in and things like that. But but we've got a date to go back next week and we had a Zoom call today talking about as protocols and how to go about everything and that, so... So we'll see what happens, but I'm just looking forward to getting back in next week because it's, it's been too long and I'm sick of just doing weights on my own with a couple <laughs> of dumbbells in my drive. Yeah. And, and obviously, Joe, so sort of good timing really to come to you. I think you went back today, didn't you? So um, them protocols that your brothers just mentioned there, what were they when you're back at training? What were the checks that were carried out and, and how did things differ to a normal training session? Yeah, we went back today. Uh, it, it, it was just really good to be back. So we had to before before we allowed into like the hub or the bubble that is the training um, centre, which is at the stadium now. Uh, you got to have your temperature checked and fill out a daily wellbeing form just to make sure that you've not got a high temperature or any symptoms that could be potentially brought in. So then, once you've had your temperature checked. You park up and then it's, it's sort of like a one-way system round to um, wherever you are. So we, we were split into three different groups today. So you had three different areas where you where you were based. Um, and then there's just the obvious things like we have to bring his own water bottle and we'll his own water bottle rather than sharing them. Um, the gym's more spaced out. There's uh, less time just hanging around during training, you, you, you go from one thing to the next thing and you're in and out as quick as possible. So it's just, it's just about trying to minimise any risk if there is any after, after the test that, that we have to take. Okay. So you mentioned though that you split into like three groups. So let's, let's just say, for instance, that's gym, video and, and, and field, something like that. If, if you're in one group, so you're in the, the gym group, do you not really interact with the other two groups for the, the whole day or such, or how does that work? Uh, so today we had, we had a team meeting all of the group where we're in, a, we're in a meeting room together all space two metres apart, as, as it was. And then we didn't see the other two groups during today's rotation, but then there's, there's going to be diff, different schedules for different days, so we, we will be all on the field at some point together. So that's when we'll see them. But it, when we've got the gym and the video or wrestle or whatever, we'll, we'll be in smaller groups and we, we probably won't see the other group for that day. Yeah. The B groups, groups can change day by day. So it's just who you win with. Right. Okay. And, and, and obviously, just one other thing you mentioned there the wrestle now. Um, obviously, it's likely that that's going to play a lesser part in the game than, than it has been previously with the new six again rule. Just quickly to get your two's opinion on and obviously the the real coming in and how you think it'll affect your teams is that with yourself Joe? Yeah I think it, I think it's a really good positive change um, if anyone's watched any of the NRL games you'll see how, how quick it's gotten and how how much more rugby's being played now rather than 
rucks being controlled, as yeah. you were saying. So I think I think it's a really positive change to try and speed the game up. I know that when we brought in the subs down from ten to eight, that was that were meant to do a similar job. Yeah, yeah. I, I think this really will speed it up, and uh, hopefully we, we can benefit on the back of it having uh, having quick play the balls and loose defences. Yeah, definitely. And yourself, James, at Wakefield, you happy with the move? Yeah, yeah, really happy. It's like Joe says, watching the NRL, it's made a massive difference over there. And it'll, yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. I think we could do quite well. I think we've got some big fellas who can move quite fast, like players like that. And uh, as, as nines are quite quick out as well and quite smart with Kyle Wood. So yeah. I think it'll. But yeah, maybe ask me that again when I'm in tumble dry after two games <laughs> and answer it differently. Um, Miller as well, I think he'll suit it, won't he? Jacob Miller, he's he like he can go up people, and if if you sit back and you can't get up on him, he'll he'll he'll, he'll burn you easily. Yeah, definitely. Um, and and again, just a quick one, Joe. Was James Graham training today? Uh, yes, he was. He was at training today. How's he looking? Is he happy? <laughs> yeah, he's happy. He's, re- he's really pleased to be back. Uh, he spoke to the group when we had a meeting earlier, and he, he outlined how happy he is to be back where it all started, and how, how he wants to finish really strongly and and perform for St. Helens Club in the challenge and finish where it all started. Good stuff, mate. Good stuff. Now, what I want to do with the series is um, basically just do a quick, quick fire questions about yourself. Um, so we'll basically just go uh, James, then Joe for each question. So start with yourself, James. Yep. And then we've got a couple of other questions as well. So I want to start with who's the cleverest? Me. <laughs> do you agree, Joe? <laughs> you can't be clever if you just copy everything I do. <laughs> Listen, mate. I'm <laughs> you, You used to sky of lessons to go and plank around at school. Next question. <laughs> <laughs> who's mum and dad's favourite? Me. Well, James is youngest child, so he's obviously the favourite. Yeah, I agree with that, James. I'm, I'm having that. I'm having I've that. I've got another brother now. I'm definitely the favourite. Um, who's the best club? Me. No chance. <laughs> Behave yourself. Same three meals all the time. Oh, I've got variation, Joe. I've got variation. Go on, then. Same what, three meals. What, what's your dish, James? I ain't got one. Anything you want. <laughs> How can you be a cook without a dish? Because I've I've got I've got levels, Joe. I'm not one diamond. <laughs> What's your dish? Enchiladas. Oh, you can't get it out of a box and class that as your dish. Yeah, that doesn't count that, mate. I've just proved my point. Thanks <laughs> the chicken myself. Wrap them up, salsa. <laughs> <laughs> Who's the best with the women? I don't think we both don't want to answer this because girlfriends yeah. could get in trouble with this. You both long term, but it's not Joe. Right. Joe's <laughs> <laughs> better with men as well. Oh yeah. <laughs> and who's the best trainer? Me. Me. Well. Mm. Don't know. That, see, <laughs> I think James, you seem to favour yourself quite a lot on these, mate. I'll be honest. Overjoyed all day. <laughs> Fair enough. 
That's he's a spoiled child, is the youngest. Like, I, think. <laughs> I think you used the word favourite, Joe. Right, now the next one, the next ones are basically, I've, there's, there's one or the other, so for instance, it's Coke or Pepsi, and if you chose Coke, you get a point, because that's obviously the best, okay? So we've got, <laughs> uh, you've got Indian or Chinese, start with yourself, Joe, you mate. Chinese. Indian. It's Chinese. One, one for Joe, there, mate. Mm. Facebook or Twitter. 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 Yeah. Two points. Right. Scenario question. You're cooking a full English breakfast. You, the tomatoes are on the ash browns, on the beans, on the toast, on. And then you go to the fridge and there's only enough for one each. So you can only have bacon or sausage. What are you going with? Oh. Uh, I'll go bacon. Bacon, yeah. Yeah, it is bacon, definitely. Definitely. Two points again. Guinness or lager? Guinness. Guinness. Correct. And last one, who wins? Tyson Fury or Anthony Joshua? Tyson. Fury all day. Yeah. So Joe wins. Joe That's it then, guys, to be honest. I mean, obviously... Appreciate you both coming on. Um, See, so in fact, let's get your predictions. Obviously, coming up for the, the rest of the year. So, start with yourself, Joseph. Currently sat in sixth, three wins, three losses. Probably not the, the start of the season that you, know, you guys were looking for. What, what, what's your sort of thoughts ahead of the rest of the year? Uh, no, but I think um, that with the new rules coming in and everything, I think. Um, it definitely will suit us and our style of play that we that we we play at the moment. So I, I think we we've got to be aiming to go back to back. That's got to be the aim for the rest of the year. And uh, hopefully, once again, start up again. We can show everyone the levels that we were at last year. Yeah, and and obviously, what one one sort of positive that has come out of this is um, obviously Matt Personal. He was going to miss a bit, you know a lot of rugby, but I'm assuming he's sort of almost back to I'm assuming he's fully recovered almost or there or thereabouts is he? Yeah um, I think I think that'll be a benefit for quite a few players even if they were out out with injuries they would be say, most of the lads carrying knocks and niggles and stuff that they've done for a couple of years so the extended break could be could be good for seeing a few people return to uh, full form if they've been carrying knocks but yeah he's a uh, He's back in training and stuff, so it, it will be ready to go. Good way. And and yourself, James at Wakefield, what's the sort of the aims for the rest of the year? Yeah, well, we we spoke in pre-season about wanting to have a real cricket challenge cup this year, and we well we we've, we've drawn Fev at the moment. Uh, we don't obviously know what's happening with that, and how they feel about that with what's happening with the championship. So whatever yeah. happens, that we'll have to take it. But we really want to crack at that, so we we. Well, we, we think we can win that, so that's going to be a good one. And then we've been there, apart from last year, where we were on that bad run, we've been up there and knocking around fifth and sixth. So we want to try and break into that top four and start changing people's perceptions about us as a club. Definitely. And obviously, whenever you think about Wakefield, there's always the you know the talk about the stadium and, and that sort yeah. of thing. Is there any sort of any update on, on what might be happening with the new stadium? Is there 
And any progression there? Uh, not that we've been negative, but I think John Minard, the other chairman at the start of lockdown, said they were open to have some news about that either during or just after, depending on how slow things were going with council and etc. with everyone shutting down and so hopefully it'll be very soon because it would get some more people in and improve the facilities. I don't see why we can't challenge with every team at league. Great stuff. Well listen guys again, really appreciate your time. It's good to hear from you both and good luck for the rest of the year, yeah. Thank you. Cheers for that. Take care. Cheers, thank you. Uh, so that was um, myself with James and, and Joe earlier on. I uh, really appreciate your time for coming on. Um, great fun. And, and now joined by Josh, our regular host. How's things, mate? Have you got yourself, Dan? Oh, not bad at all, mate. Not bad. Um, just watching the rerun of Gold Coast and Melbourne. Um, Josh or Adokar just flying as we speak. Um, but it's uh, obviously Toronto, which is, is going to be the main talking point today. With obviously the uh, you know the, the decision today that they're not going to enter the league and or will not not re-enter the league after the COVID lockdown, shall we say? And, and obviously everything that's going to come on the back of that. So you know, just first of all, Josh, what's your initial reaction to the news? Uh, I've got to say that I wasn't surprised. Uh, rumours were flying around a couple of weeks back and they got stronger as the week got on and as as we always in rugby league it, secrets are never kept in for long Addy and when you hear rumours like big rumours like this they normally are true and yeah I'm, I'm sad to see Toronto not be able to fulfil it Dan because the team they had on paper I thought could have had potential if the home games are played, but it's a laughing stock, isn't it? It, it? It's not a good sign for rugby league in general or Super League. So, laughing at it, you, you, I've seen fans saying, I'm happy this news has come out. Uh, it was never going to work. And I think then comments are a bit nasty, but I can see the frustrating in people. The frustration in people's coming out now because Toronto. I wanted wanted it to work, but it, it clearly isn't going to work. Then is it? it what I, I I get they had no help, like I, I, no furlough or anything like that. And I'll go on to a tweet I seen on Twitter, and I say I, I agree with him, but I also disagree with him in the second half. The tweet right. was: Winners of Super League twenty twenty will always have a star next by their name. The only reason it's being played. At all is to fulfil the TV contracts so rugby league doesn't collapse altogether. Toronto have no TV money, no furlough money, and no home games and no help. No club could survive that. I agree. Rugby league's only been played, or oh, it, it it won't be here next year if we never finish this season. Yeah, he's got that absolutely bang on. But surely Toronto got told. Before this season, before the ball was kicked this season, you'll have no TV rights. The furlough money's nothing to do with the RFL. That's that's politics. So it, that is bringing politics into sport, which it could cause all sorts. No home games yet again. That's not the RFL's fault. And no help. What does he mean by no help? So does he mean the RFL should fund? 
Toronto more than other clubs. Uh, and no club could survive that. Well, I think we're forgetting here, mate. We've still got Catalan in Super League who are from France. They've survived this. So what? I just can't lay it up, man. It, it, it's a it's a funny old situation, isn't it? Besides, yeah. Sonny Bill Williams on is it eleven billion a year? Yeah, it's ten ten and a half million dollars a year, which and then decide Callum Watkins. Yeah. Which we was going into the pandemic then, or was we already in the pandemic? Then? No, it, I think it was in lockdown when they signed it. Exactly uh, right, and then all of a sudden they're having visa problems. And I, I, I heard a rumor Dan that this week, last week, that Toronto haven't played any pay, players for two months. Yeah, yeah, I know. Gaz O'Brien was quite open about the fact that he'd not been paid um, end of June. I think it was possibly. So is it players that are actually turning around saying Toronto were not playing for your for your club? I think it's pretty, from what from what I can I can gather that's now been sorted. All the players are fully up to date with the pay and whatever. But it's not the first time that Toronto have been late with wages, isn't it? And um, when you've got a, a multi billionaire in, in in David Argyle backing you, that shouldn't be the case. There's obviously some form of either cash flow or liquidity breakdown in the club the, the thing that gets me obviously what you, you mentioned earlier on with you know the furlough and um, TV money and, and that sort of thing the TV money and, and home games uh, we'll start with the TV money like you said you know, from the start from the, the very offset of them coming into Super League um, everyone knew that Toronto wouldn't be getting the split of, of the TV money then you go to the home games and and obviously, when this pandemic kicked in, it was it became increasingly likely that um, they weren't going to be able to play games over the. I think if you remember back to when we had um, the Wolfpack pack on, um, the, the the two fans that were over in Canada, and, and that was sort of April time, and and they were sort of adamant back then that there was no chance that they would see Toronto playing Toronto this year, and that was back in April, and that's just the fans, so. If they're intelligent enough to know that, then you'd expect the club to be as well. Um, obviously, you've got the furlough thing, which clubs have taken advantage of, um, which they weren't able to. But again, that's not something that... That's not the RFL, though, is it? That... No, no, 100%. No, it's it's government-based. And I just... I don't, I just The whole situation man, is is bizarre, man, to be fair. Yeah. The, the full, from start to finish, they've, they've got players on the wage bill who were earning... Millions in Sonny Bill Williams and other players who were earning thousands, but then you're earning they haven't been paid for two months, but yet John Wilkins enjoying enjoying life on holiday at the moment. So, <laughs> if that how long has it actually gone on for, you know what I mean? For the place come out like you just said, then I've, I don't know what Gaz O'Brien actually said, so I can't really comment. But seeing John Wilkins on holiday and drinking. Ill all the time and being and having fun. When I seen that, I thought he's not returning any time soon, is he? Yeah, I think the the other thing there as well is it's it it's really difficult for them to sort of from the from the players I'm on about now. So they've got a lot of players who are you know, Gaz O'Brien, for instance, who's just about entering the peak of his career. He's twenty eight. He's going to have to start looking at. Obviously, deals and stuff, he can't just not get paid for the rest of the year. 
Um, and even you know David Agar may have secured the finance um, to pay them for the rest of the year. But if you're Gaz O'Brien, you're potentially looking at you know new contracts coming up and um, future employment opportunities within the game. So other clubs, when his contract runs out with Toronto, international, obviously it's a World Cup year next year. These players can't go a year without playing rugby, which is what they're now going to have to do. Now, obviously, like you mentioned there with Wilkin, it's a bit different for him. He's got a business and he's got interest outside the game. And it was highly likely that he was going to retire at the end of the year anyway. Um, but for the young players, they've got Brad Singleton's another one. Um, they've got a lot of players that are uh, sort of at the peak of their career. And also, you've got likes of Stevie Ward and Richie Myler, who have um, apparently signed ahead of ahead of next year. Where, where do they announce it? It's just an absolute mess at the minute, isn't it? Well, they've come out and said they can definitely fulfil 2021 season. What use is that to anyone? And how do they know that? How do they? <laughs> We're going to go on next, Dan. What 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 next for them? We've had a little chat before we started this. Yeah. So for Toronto. Uh, you made a point, so I'll let you go first with it, mate. I, I just, what next? Uh, if, if Toronto, the RFL cannot let Toronto get away with this. If they let Toronto get away with this and have them in Super League next year, if I was London, Lee, Toulouse, Featherston, York, City Knights, in fact, any of the championship teams, I would be raging. Because... If that was any of their clubs, mate, they'd be punished. Of course they wouldn't. They've got to react for this now, because this is massive. This Is the restart going to happen now on the 2nd of August, like I said to you? It's through a span in the works, but I won't let it throw a span in the works yet. OKR will not play at on, so on the 2nd of August. Give OKR the points. Still give OKR the points. And every point, every game what's left in Toronto are forfeited. They start off next season on minus. So if if sixteen games, it's minus thirty two points, and I'm sorry, Toronto fans, but you go down to the championship and you start at minus thirty two for next year. If you can't get out of that, you're back to League One, and that, that's your punishment. Yeah, I, I think I tend to agree. To be honest, that if they can't fulfil fixtures for the rest of the year, there's no option but to return to the you know the entry level of the professional division again, and and they have to build again because. <laughs> every single club in every division if the fixtures are being put on by the RFL you've got to fulfil them you can't choose what games you, know, you can and can't play however there's another point to this as well which was um, the weekend before this all started before the government advice changed and whilst the RFL was still enforcing games to be going ahead Leeds Rhinos actually failed to fulfil the fixture against Catalan now I don't know where that's up to at the minute but the fact that Leeds haven't took, uh, sorry, the fact that the RFL haven't took any action against Leeds, from a legal standpoint, that, that can leave a big hole for how they want to treat Toronto. I think. I, I disagree. The the Leeds thing was different, Dan. It was. No, I agree with you. And it was a a moral. They didn't forfeit. They didn't forfeit that fixture in my eyes. To be fair, yeah, they put plays well for before anything. Toronto haven't. That, that this is just. Bad business, basically. But this is what the it problem is, like, so, so with that in mind, Josh, every time there's anything going on in the world, you can, you, you know, you're essentially giving clubs the discretion when they when they can choose to protect players or whether they choose to play. You're giving clubs too much power there to allow them to 
you know, pick and choose games that they want to play and, and find excuses why they don't have to fulfill, fulfill, uh, fulfill certain fixtures. Whereas the black and white letter of the law was the government was saying it's safe to travel. At the time, the RFL was saying games should be going ahead. We played the day after that uh, against Castleford, as, as obviously you know. So, to, to, to although I agree that from a play well per point of view, they made the right decision, it, that's not their decision to make. And I think that it, it opens up a whole kind of worms. If you've got injured players, you can say that, you know, play welfare, that you're putting too many kids out there and, you know, you can forfeit games and you can use the play welfare thing. There's lots of things that that would generate as a, a loophole if you let any team forfeit a fixture and not punish them. That's just... I, no, I, 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 at the time Leeds done that, Dan, didn't they turn around and say players had coronavirus symptoms? Was Or have I got that mixed up with something else. Don't know. Possibly. Um, if that's the um, and again that, that that's but but no I, it, that is a, a valid point I'm listening to you speak of. Uh, minus two points off Leeds yeah, at the end of yeah, the season. I'd, I'd, I'd be fine with that. Two would, minus two points. Yeah. This has got to result in points deduction. And every game Toronto can't play they get minus points because I can guarantee that if they turn around and say ah they'll get a start in, they'll get a start in thirteen and a couple of subs together. I really think if the RFL threatened them with every game you forfeit, which will be 16 games, is, is you start off next season on minus 32 in the Championship. And I can guarantee Toronto will try to get a starting 13 and a couple of subs together yeah. for the return of Super League. I just, I think they've, they've got to get them out of Super League next year. They cannot turn around and say now, relegation will it, it it's void for this year because it, that is so unfair to lower league teams like so your Lee, your Featherstone, your York, whoever you to lose. And I'll go back on another as well to back to the tweet where Toronto have had no TV money, no furlough money, no home games, and no help. No club could survive that. Well, there is a club that survived that. That one. Yeah. They've had no furlough money. I don't know if the TV rights... They, they, sure, they, sure, so they do surely, get, they do get TV, that's it. But uh, surely if Toronto play against Saints in England, Toronto will get some sky money. Don't, they don't get anything. Anything at all? No, not from the it, sky deal. It's all centrally funded. Now, Catalan didn't receive any central funding for the first three years. Exactly, there you go. And, and obviously they've made a, a good deal of it, so... It's they've been treated in the same way that that Catalan have. This is just down to mate. Bad man, bad hundred percent. It's hundred. Yeah, they've got a millionaire who runs him, but that millionaire is not going to look at his own bank now and think, right? I could, I could, he could probably pay the Toronto wages and get Toronto back in. But a business doesn't work like that. Not He's put money into a business, and if that business has got zero in its business account, well, that business has failed. 100%, yeah. You, you don't keep chucking money at, at the density. So. No, of course not, mate. And that, that is basically what's happened. He's pumped money in and they've signed and signed and signed, as we, we all know they have. And I'm not saying everyone was expecting this because no one was expecting the coronavirus to come, but it, it's bad management in the past what's caused this, to yeah. be fair with you, because... Eamon McManus at Saints, mate, he could probably pay Saints his wages over and over, millionaire, but 
he's not done because they've saved, they've got money in the bank, but also there's a difference between having money in your business account and having money in your account. 100%, yeah. 100%. Now, there's two things that this is going to cause. Obviously, you've got the, the long-term ripple of, of what happens with, with Toronto, but you know the immediate attention has to turn to you know Super League, and you've now got a broadcaster who has pumped a great deal into the the restart of Super League, not just financially, but televising every game in August. Four of them, twenty-one games, have of course included Toronto fixtures, so that's now down to seventeen. So straight away, Super League aren't um, fulfilling the obligations to the broadcaster, which that's another mess, is that where does that leave us with Sky, that we're not doing what we we need to do to get their money? Do they start, you know, filtering out parts of the money? Do they say that you have to fulfil the fixture in some way and therefore the money has to go to a lease insurance, a fev, a witness or something like that and get them involved and and, and they've got two weeks to, to prepare themselves? What do they do, Josh? I don't agree with any teams coming in. The week Toronto was meant to play, bring a championship. When's the championship going to return? I've not heard anything about the championship. I don't think it's going to be. Which is another thing, mate, what's absolutely rattled me. Look after the big clubs. Look after the top league and leave the little clubs. Well, I'm sorry, you won't have a top league if it wasn't for them little clubs. Yeah. So, look after them all. What, What Super League have got to drive to do now they're not going to get a replacement for the 2nd of August. 2nd of August, it's just going to be Saints versus Captain Leeds versus... Just a double Leave that at that. Yeah. yeah. They've now got, is it two weeks, three weeks, oh no, five weeks before, it's two weeks before the 2nd of August, isn't it? So they've got three weeks before the season actually resumes. Yeah. So these three weeks now, the RFL and Super League should be working together to try and get that championship back up and running and League One. And the games Toronto was meant to play bring a championship team and televise that on the tower to give the clubs the money. Do it that way. Instead of look after the top, look after Super League and leave the rest. Well, no. Try and get the Championship League one up and running. But the problem with that, that's not what Sky are paying for, is it? So Sky are the ones giving the money for a Super League fixture so they can have a, a Toronto against Wigan. You can't replace that with a, you know, no offence, but a witness against Halifax. It, it, it... It doesn't bring the same audience, well, and obviously that's what Sky are paying for. It won't, yeah, but people will tune into that, Dad. You've got Witness fans out there, you've got Halifax fans out there who will tune into that. That just because we're Saints fans, I, I personally myself, I'd watch that. Yeah, we, I think I, you, you I, would, I'm not just saying that, but I would. But figures would be down, I think. But yeah, figures would be down, but I can guarantee figures would be down for the OKR versus Toronto game yeah. compared to the Saints versus Catland game. Figures yeah. would be down for that. And it, that's always going to happen. And it's like now fans are mourning about why Saints is all game being played at Edinburgh. Well, you, you've got to look at the bigger picture here now. You've got to look at Super League and getting where games are played at Sky, telling Super League, look, if you want these games on telly, they all get played at this ground because we're not sending a Sky team to Saints, a Sky team to Leeds, and a Sky team. Yeah, of course, yeah. It, and that's what's getting said. So, Grim and Birdie, it's a double header at Edinley. No, yeah. for now, unless they can get the triple header. And another one I only found out the other day was Wigan versus Leeds, is it Saints? 
which Saints play Wakefield that day as well, which is another. I don't know if that's triple or just a double header. I don't know. It's it's but, two triple headers back to back. All the same. So who who, who is it who play at Saints then? Is it no Saints versus Saints there as well? Yeah. So Saints versus Wakefield, Wigan versus Leeds. Who's the third game? There's well, there's six games that weekend. You've got all the games on Saturday and all the games on Sunday. Um, that's the all all played at Saints. Yeah, yeah. The weekend. So every super. Yeah. So, ah, right. Yeah. The I, same I, with yeah. the. Um, so you've got everything on the seconds at Headingley, then everything on the eighth and ninth at Headingley, then everything the fifteenth and sixteenth at Saints. And then everything on the twenty second and twenty thirds at Warrington, I believe, and then oh no, sorry, the twenty eighth and twenty ninth at Warrington, um, the twenty second and twenty thirds, the Huddersfield Challenge Cup thing. So you've got yeah, you've got four yeah. games at, at Huddersfield, I think it is, or two at Huddersfield, um, on two separate days, um, but only two are being televised by BBC because they only usually broadcast two anyway. Um, but basically, yeah, they're using for the first month of of the return. They're basically using the one stadium for the whole weekend. So you've essentially got four back to back Magic weekends. Which I, I understand why they've done it. Again, you've got Sky who are funding it, and and obviously they're looking after their finances by making sure that they're keeping the cost down as much as possible and maximising the profit. Which I understand, and and you know, it's luckily it's the time of the year where you can, to an extent, get away with playing. A lot of games on one ground, but the problem is, as soon as you've got any form of injury, um, you know Jackson Hastings is going to be all over it on Twitter, isn't he? Because obviously, you know, he, he was quite vocal about the, the Bankwest Stadium and, and and the ACLs that happened there. So as soon as there's any form of injury, the pitch is automatically going to get brought into question, and rightly so because that's going to be the a factor in it, is it? Or, you know, whether whether it's the the sole reason or not. The pitch is going to be a factor if you're playing six games over two days at one stadium. When people get injured, that that's going to play a part in it. Of course, it is. And another thing is, it's obviously now you've explained it better. Now that I understand what's going to happen now, so Leeds will obviously Leeds rugby league will obviously get money for holding men games. Surely, yeah, as we'll say in Warrington, or do want to. Yeah, but this is where we we come into now where. It's benefiting teams who actually own their stadium. Exactly right. Yeah, exactly. this has always been my biggest argument with rugby fans. Yeah, especially Wigan fans. Wigan fans think not owning their own ground doesn't matter. It, it, it matters now. It, 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 well, yeah, it's always mattered to me, Dan. It's always mattered, and now it shows. If Wigan owned their own ground, I can guarantee games would have been played at Wigan. But Wigan don't own their own ground, so they've got to come to Saints and. Me as a Saints fan, I'm happy because they're feeding us money, aren't they? And at this moment in time, I think you'd accept that as fans, wouldn't you? Yeah, cool. I think, you know, fair play to the fan base that, you know, everyone's sort of just got this get on with it attitude, which is good. You know, I think in, in the past, we believe fans have, have absolutely ripped things apart. And I'm glad to see that's not the case. People do genuinely just want to see, you know, get, get back up again, which is good. Um, the other thing that I think is good as well, like you mentioned there, Josh, with the um, the fact that they're going to clubs that own the ground, is that changing rooms are obviously important. So facilities, I think you, they need a minimum of six changing spaces to hold a triple header. So you know, again, Saints, Warrington and Leeds being the three that stand out. 
But what it does do is that them three stadiums or four stadiums, whichever ones get selected, it allows them to sort of offer something to their sponsors. So you've got obviously advertising hoardings around the ground. Um, you know, if you've got six games all on Sky over a weekend, they're giving something to the sponsors which they've not been given for the past three months. So, you know, there, there would have been a lot of conversations with sponsors, a lot of, you know, quite bad conversations in terms of financially refunding or reimbursing costs that they've, you know, give to the clubs in support and, and haven't received anything for. Whereas I think little things like this and, and, and the six games at one ground over a weekend, it'll go somewhere towards reimbursing them costs that they might have to pay back, won't it? Yeah, it it does, Dan. And like I, I've, I've screamed at the start of this and I think that this obviously clubs are slow. Well, I, I am hoping clubs are starting to agree with wages and stuff like this. But I said at the start that I wouldn't be surprised if clubs go back to part-time and that was at the very beginning of this coronavirus. Yeah. And I think next season, you're seeing clubs get rid of players a lot now. Andy Ackers has just moved from Toronto to Salford. Joe Burgess is moving from Wigan to Salford. Ben Flower was Wigan to Toronto, and will it happen now? And so on and so on. So they're, they're moving around a lot more now, players. Yeah. And is that because teams have basically turning, look, we've got to look at who we've got, who we want on a full time contract, and who's worth a full time contract, to who's worth a part time contract? Possibly. And Possibly. I think. I think next year then you could you could actually see a full time contract list of players and a part time list of players. And and I think the other thing as well is the um you know like the the, the clubs for instance are, are hesitant because if we don't get a vaccine for, for COVID and obviously there's there's positive news today, but if we don't get a vaccine and, and you know, we're in the same position next year where it's behind closed doors, there's not gonna be as 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 much sort of um, leeway for clubs, much, as much money sort of behind them, or you know handouts from the RFL, that sort of thing. So any sort of um, any sort of inkling that it's going to be the same again next year, and club clubs will have to cut costs by you know a two point one million salary cap. If you're paying two point one million, if there's no fans in in, in grounds, I I can't see where clubs are able to pay more than one point five. So all of a sudden you're getting rid of eight, nine players possibly. That's where the part time rule comes in, Dan, exactly, isn't it? Because yeah. it's a good option that it's, it's not one I'd like to see him, but it's it's highly likely to, that that might, might be. I, I said at the start, Dan, that I, I don't know if it was on our podcast. Yeah, you did. It was it. On, I thought it was thirteen pro rugby AM as well where they said it, and you look. It's it's not a sign you want to see. Clearly, isn't but. For the long run of your club, if Saint Quilton said, "Here's a list of full-time players and a list of part-time players, just so we can survive the next two years," you've got to deal with that. I, I get you're going to lose a lot of talent, but I'm positive it won't just be one club. I think it will be a few clubs who've, and I do think it's going to happen. Damn myself, just the way the transfers are going now, man. Players are getting. Sh- you you can see what players are unwanted at clubs like Joe Burgess straight away bang Salford Andiakas bang Salford and you think it, it, that it's opening doors now for Toronto as well what can Toronto do for next year can they come back now from this next year and 
keep full time contracts. What about their players this year? Well, do you, do you think honest. they should be allowed to their players? You know, you've got what? Let's just say twenty top players that you've got, or twenty players that regularly play Super League. If David Agar's paying their wages, if for instance, the RFL turned around and said, well, we don't just want him paying the wages to sit at home. Argyle can pay, you know, 40% of the wages, but if any clubs want any of their players, they can have them um, as long as they pay the other 60% of the wages and it's off the cap, something like that. So, for instance, you know, Saints with, I don't know, um, what what position do we need at the minute? I don't know. Let's just say we didn't... Sense well. Let's just say we got we didn't get James Graham in, and we had to replace Luke Thompson, and Bradley uh, Brad Singleton was on fifty a year. Toronto playing twenty, Saints paying thirty off the cap. He gets paid, and he's still allowed to play rugby. Saints get a player on the cheap because obviously he's not playing rugby otherwise, and it helps Toronto reduce their cost. I think everyone's a winner if that's the case. The only problem is trying to get. A Super League club who know that there's a player available not playing with the league to pay 60% of someone's wages when they're probably not budgeted for it is going to be difficult, isn't it? So it's the only benefit from that would be Toronto. No other club can afford it, let, let's be honest. Yeah, no other club. I, I, I get where your point's coming from, Dan, but it won't benefit anyone else because well, it, 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 it only benefits Toronto. Yeah, it will benefit the players more than anything, but. A player, I know what you're getting at there. That players want to play rugby league. I, yeah, well, I think they need totally to. Like, it, it, it's not they've got to, but well, this is why can't they turn around and try and get the championship back up and running? Because surely, if that was the case, championship teams might be able to get a, a couple of games for Brad Singleton under his belt or so on and so no if you get where I'm coming from but that what you just said there for me Toronto are going to be the only team who's benefiting from that because clubs are still they're no better off if I don't know it's hard Dan it's just it's just put the full sport in a pickle and yeah it's in the headline again and it's It's always bad isn't it it's not a good it's not a good headline is it Uh let's be honest how many football teams in the Premier League turned around and said we can't fulfil this season? <laughs> it's real laughing, but, though, yeah. wasn't it? It, 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 it would, you're right. And it, it's sad. And I, I'll be honest, I'm pissed off over it, Dan. I, I really am annoyed over the fact that this is the highest level you can get in rugby league over in, in well, Britain, in Europe, should we say. Yet, Clubs can't survive a, a pandemic, and I'm not saying that's a laughing stock because it. I can guarantee Toronto will not only be the only business to not survive this, but to come out and let the RFL f- get the fixtures up and running, and it comes to two that's, weeks before you finish you know game, and then the problem is that it's less than two weeks. Until they play a fixture, less than two. They've known. They've known. Hundred percent. And not just that. The, the fact that if this was, you know, four weeks ago, um, then Super League and, and and Sky can look at it with, with a bit more notice to to get it right, um, 
And maybe at that point you can turn around to a, a Lee or a Featherstone. And, well, in fact, you can't physically get them to involve for the August the 2nd because they can't even do the 14-day quarantine period, can they? No, but the thing, the thing is, Dan, they was having visa problems as well for, for yeah. six players, I think. It so is. they've known about this? Yeah. Mate, they, they, this sounds bad now because we're coming out of the pandemic. So it sounds bad. If this was four weeks back, a lot of people would have would have felt sorry for Toronto. Yeah, this because four weeks ago was was a, quite a, a bad time for the pan in the pandemic, wasn't it? And yeah. people might turn around and thought, you know what, it has been absolutely atrocious this pandemic, and I can totally understand Toronto. But no, Toronto have done it two weeks before. They've let the RFL sort everything out of Super League. Done it two weeks before, and them turned around and said, "Well, we can't we we can't play our fixtures." What, what what was the open? He was going to get every game played in Toronto. I, 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 <laughs> I don't know, mate. I just, yeah, I just hope a punishment comes. I, I don't, I don't feel like I, I hate Toronto because I don't. I wanted it to succeed. Yeah, it needs myself to it, do it. Need, it needs punishing. You can't brush this under the carpet. Don't you? Just, yeah. and it's the same for the sal- for, for the salary cap with Salford, mate. We'll go back to when Wigan broke it last year. And they got minus four, was it? Or minus six? Something like that. Yeah. Salford break it and get minus 12. So, so basically, I, I'm calling for the RFL Super League to come in here now and say, these are the rules. If you break the salary cap, you're minus 12. Yeah. If you can't fulfil fulfill fixtures for how many fixtures it is, you, you lose your points. So you get points deducted. So if Saints next year come in and say, "Oh, we can't do five games," Saints get ten points deduction. Yeah. Hey, that's even in the NCL. So the National Conference League, if you don't fulfil a fixture, you lose two points. Exactly. So why? Why is that in the NCL and not in the Super League? Exactly. But but I'm not. This should open doors for Super League now, not just for this, not for fulfilling fixtures, but for breaking the salary cap rule. If you break the salary cap, minus twelve and. A ten thousand pound fine. If you can't fulfil fixtures, it's points minus for every game you forfeited, and a ten grand fine. If you get players, I don't know, in battering someone in nightclubs or drink driving or fail a drug test, you get a ten grand fine. Let's do what the NRL have done, mate. And I think another thing Super League needs to look at as well is bringing in a Super League lockdown. Like the NRL have a lockdown, and the NRL are now in lockdown. Not Australia, the NRL. So that means NRL club players can only go to the shop and back. Yeah. If they're if they're caught out in the public eye, not doing the shopping or training, they're fine. Which that for me needs to be brought in over here, so we can so we can finish the season. That's it. You look at um, the cricket as well with Joffrey Archer, and, and obviously he's been. You know, dropped from the second test and fined, and and it was sort of written in in no uncertain terms that you know you you breached the the I think biosecurity I think they referred to it so you you breached the biosecurity and and you're personally punished for that because all it takes is one idiot to you know have a few people around get a temperature everyone has to quarantine you know you miss a game everyone you know the increased cost of testing again. A game gets missed, and then you know you, it, it, 
it's just it, it takes one person to be a bit um, loose or you know a bit naive, and and the, you know the whole game can lose millions from it. It's it's literally that that's the amount of pressure on each player is that you're essentially responsible for millions of pounds and 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 and, and thousands of people employment up and down the, the country, aren't you? Because, you know, if Super League doesn't finish this year, you've got 30 players at every team, you've got the reception staff and, and, and all these people that if Super League doesn't get finished, the money's gone. And, and Rugby League, like you said earlier on, is, is non-existent at a professional level in this country because it can't afford to, to go through what it's gone through again. We, we've no. somehow got by it with the furlough system and everything, but... It, we could not maintain that without the help got- given by the government. So if if one person messes up and causes the Super League to to not complete at the end of the year, then they're responsible essentially for, for thousands of people's employment and, and 12 businesses that cover the, the country, I think. Everyone always looks at the negative, Dan. People are forgetting the furlough system was there, which was a massive boost to this country oh, and jobs. Yeah. It's kept rugby league as a sport in my eyes. Yeah, it has, yeah. It, it, it's, it's literally kept rugby league as a sport. It's That's been there for the, for we say, the low earners, hasn't it, to be fair, yeah. And if if the government turn around and say the furlough scheme never existed and rugby league goes, it's the government's fault. But yet the government's brought the furlough in and helped rugby league, but if the government turned around and said we'd only give them rugby league thirty five grand, for example, or why why are they only giving us thirty five grand to survive? But they haven't. They've just paid every club's wages for the last four months or whatever. Yeah, and it's going to continue now, Dan, to October because clubs. Are, this is another thing where I'm saying at the moment there's only Saints and Salford who are actually going to resume on the 2nd of August, because clubs are up in arms of wages. Yeah. And uh, you feel like... For the last ones there. Uh, and I just... I don't know where, where they're up to. But... I just... The Challenge Cup final, I'll, I'll go on to that now, as well, Dan. Toronto beat Huddersfield, didn't they, in the Challenge Cup? They did, yeah. Yeah. So, so who's their next game? Yeah. I just... What, well, what happens there? This is the other thing as well. So, Witness Power was staying the other day. Now, obviously, witness with the championship not being back, they're still on furlough. Um, and on the 22nd of August, they've got a game against, I think it's Catalan. So they can't they can't fulfil that fixture if the players are still on furlough. But witness are not going to take their players off furlough. And, you know, let's just say every player in that team is, is on £2,000 a month. They'd have to, you know, what was that workout out there? So ten players, twenty grand, sixty grand. It's going to cost them. Plus, you know the, the other costs, you know staff and whatever. So to play that one game is going to cost witness sixty-five grand because they have to take them off furlough to to play that one game. Now but this is where I'm getting at now, Dan. They, they've made no effort whatsoever to get the championship and League one back up and running. Well, I think they're having meetings about having meetings at the minute. The clubs can't decide because you've got. You've probably got Cass, uh, sorry, Featherstone, Lee, Widness, Toulouse, possibly Halifax that want to come back, and the rest of them don't because until they can get fans in the in the in the grounds, they don't generate any any income at all. So Widness get two thousand people in the the Halton Stadium every second week, and 
Um, and that 40 grand that they get from the tickets essentially keeps them afloat every month. So they, they basically, that, and they, they, without is, the Sky money and stuff, that you know, they're not on Sky, so they don't, in my opinion, they don't. Yeah, but this is where them. Super League have got to not be selfish, Dan. They've got a deal with Sky for Rugby League. So the Championship is still Rugby League and League One still Rugby League. Share it about between the three leagues. So we've got 2nd of August here now, three. One one game, one two teams can play on live on Sky Sports. If the Championship's up and running, do you think they'll choose a Championship player team or a Super League team? They're going to choose a Super League team because the selfish... Rugby League's a very selfish sport, man. They've never looked after the little ones, have they? It's always been the top league, Super League this or Super League that. Hence, we never see championship teams on the telly unless it's a Challenge Cup game or they come up, come into Super League. There's no deal there for the championship. And I think they've got to, they've got to look going forward now for championship teams that survive and League One. They've got to try and get a Sky deal for them teams. Well, they, they have to try and get one, but at the same time, they've that league, that them players, them clubs, that league have got to make themselves attractive enough to, to you know, get a deal because I, I ain't being funny, Josh. I go watching the championship, you know, I go, I go watching Witness and in, in drips and drabs, and I, I like it because you know you can have a beer and you know Sunday afternoon rugby. I like it, but I'm not sure that that sells to a non-rugby league audience. I think Super League on a Friday night. Does get some form of non-rugby, you know, viewers. Whereas I don't think Championship on a Sunday afternoon does. So, but they still have fans, Dan. Just... Yeah, of course they do. Yeah, of course they do. And, and then fans go to games. You know, like I said, it, it, it's basically just saying there's only fans, only teams what have fans at it if, if they play in Super League. No, they don't, and not everyone's fortunate enough to go to games. So, it, they've got to. If the Championship survive, the League One survive, they've got to try and get a TV deal. Dan, if that means striking a deal with Channel 5 or Channel 4. I'd love to see it, mate. I really would. I'd love to see it. If it, if it means Amazon Prime video, just try and get it. And just, they've got to come together as, as Rugby League, not Super League and the rest of them. Rugby League, because no matter if you play League One Championship the NCL whatever Super League it's still Rugby League it's still one sport no matter what level you play at and it should all be treated the same at a professional level in my eyes or a semi-professional level should we say yeah no I do agree with you mate I think the other thing as well is that the money that Sky gives Super League it is filtered into the the community game and and Championship I think it's it was a, a a five-year, two hundred million pound deal, so it's forty million a year. I think it works out. Well. Twenty million stays in the Super League, and then oh my, I think it's twenty-two and a half million. Sorry, stays in Super League. I think all the Championship clubs get seven hundred grand. I think League One get hundred and fifty grand, and then the rest goes into um, sort of head office, the RFL, and grassroots rugby league. So it, it does filter down, but I think rightly so. The twenty-two and a half million, so the the major stake of that does need to be in Super League. And I actually think yeah, it probably needs... I get that. I think it needs to be more because... It, yeah, it does, but they haven't got anyone at the top of this. At the top, it all 
It all depends who's at the top of this and how you sell your business. They're clearly only selling their business to Sky. And Sky are looking at it thinking, it's only worth 40 million. Look at Eddie Hearn and what he done for darts and his dad yeah. in boxing. They've sold their sport to Sky and make it multi millions of pounds. Oh, second, the second highest viewed sport on Sky, isn't it? Yeah, football. It's dad. all about who you've got. <laughs> It is, it is, mate, and it's all about who you've got at the top. Yeah, bang on, mate. I've said it for years. We haven't got the right people at the top in this sport, and that is why it's died. If you give it to Eddie Earn and his dad, I can guarantee you that we'd have an £80 million deal within three or four years, yeah. if not closer to two years. You know what I mean? It's all about people at the top can they run a business rugby league no they can't I, I, I know I sound arse here but I'm just going to go straight to the point they can't run a business and they can't sell a business hence we only get 40 million and correct you know, correct mate and that, you, you only have to top bottom end of it. you only have to look at Australia and, and we're playing the same sport as them yet I think their um, TV deal was 2 billion something stupid <laughs> do you know what I mean it's, it's the same it's still be watching it, that's still a, a billion pound over here. You don't forget that. So that's still a lot. an awful lot more. Five times our deal, isn't it? Yeah. Five it, times. It, and it was done over, I think it was only done over two. Well, it was, well, it was renegotiated this year when the COVID hit and it lasts until 2023. So it's it's two and a half, uh, three and a half seasons. And it's, you know, it's just insane, wasn't it? Absolutely insane, wasn't it? Um, I, I just thought to God, mate, for me, we could this coronavirus we get through this these fixtures safely first yeah. and successfully. We do get a champion of Super League and we do get a Challenge Cup winner and we do get a League Leader Shield winner. Uh, that is a bonus if we do get all that. Yeah. I'm hoping we do. The next step for me is for as a fan and as a passionate fan of rugby league, I want to get the right people at it. In control of at the very world. top, yeah. You know, and, and I, it's it's I I fans are, more, are the most powerful thing in sports, mate. You, you see that at grounds. Soon as teams start to lose and fans start saying, "Get rid of the manager," it gets to the board, and before you know it, mate, the manager's gone. So, if Super League clubs and Super League again as a sport come together and and drive to get the right order in the RFL and the right managing the RFL to take this sport forward. It it could happen. Yeah. We could be we could be talking in two years time, Dad, of us laughing at this forty million deal when we're getting a, a four billion deal. <laughs> and and that's the thing, like there's money in UK sport. You, you look at the Premier League deal and stuff. Sky have got money to chuck at sports because they want to earn it because it makes them money. So if you've got a product that people watch, Sky pay for it, you know. They pay, look like you said before, look at the money they pay for darts. That is pe- overweight people chucking metal but into it, a, a bit of brittle. <laughs> but, but it's sold, it, it's, it's sold, it's sold across. Exactly. Yeah, it, and, and, and it's unbelievable that someone can sell that more than they can sell, you know, exactly. It, 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 it's ridiculous, but never mind. Um, Eddie Earn, I, I think, is the person to get in. Like, that's just my opinion. I think if you get someone like Eddie Earning, um, 
Or someone outside the sport completely. Someone who's selling dreams and, and making it work. You, you, you look at entrepreneurs all over the world, mate. People can sell anything. Do you know what I mean? It's You're selling something that's got a huge fan base, an absolute um, landmark in the northwest of England, which lives, eats, sleeps and breathes rugby league. You, know, you look at Cumbria, Lancashire and Yorkshire, it's it's not far behind football in a lot of them areas, isn't it? So, also, how could that not sell? Mind-boggling. <laughs> they also for me that they need a sponsorship. What's willing to help? What what? It, we'll call Betfred Super League. Yeah, I know Betfred have give sponsorship money for this year, but during this pandemic, what have Betfred done for Super League? Not Championship. Yeah. So it is the sponsorship, mate. No, who's that down to? People at the top of the game. Yeah. Remember the Stormart deal? The Stormart deal. What was that? Twelve months. Yeah, and they didn't pay a penny. They just chucked bloody pictures on the lorries. (laughs) And the lorries, and the year after, what was it? Nothing. We had Rhino Rugby. Yeah. We'll give it to you for free. We'll advertise you for free. If you make the balls for us, you have to make the balls for us. It is, it is, mate. Bad management, and that's what's killing rugby league, and I hope it gets addressed yeah. soon and quick. And just another t- touch up. We'll go back to the Towns Cup now, bad. October the 17th, Wembley, penciled in. Well, I don't know if you watched the football on the weekend in some Arsenal versus Man City. Yeah. Wembley, and it was empty. Horrendous. It looks mad. Why do we? There's no point. Why do we? Keep it up here. I've turned around and I've written down here now. If it's two Yorkshire teams, play it at the Yorkshire Stadium. It doesn't matter how old the stadium holds. Yeah. Fans can't go. It just needs to be so a good pitch. Matter. There's nothing wrong with Headingley. It's a good pitch, Headingley. There's nothing wrong yeah, with that. I get like, that. It's up to Uddersfield are out. So play it at Uddersfield. If it's yeah. two Yorkshire teams, Uddersfield are out. Look. At the fixtures getting played at Huddersfield, Wigan versus Warrington, Salford versus Saints, one of the teams are going to go out that, that yeah. day. So if it's I personally Warrington Wigan, I, I fancy Wigan to beat Warrington. So yeah. that means Warrington out. So if it's two Lancashire teams, the finals at the Halliwell Jones Stadium. Or even Leeds. Only, yeah. Or if it's Lancashire versus Yorkshire, take it midway. Take it midway. And take it maybe to Whitehaven or you know just somewhere out the way. And let's let's give the, the lower teams money to yeah. boost the club a bit more. And uh, I just I just want to see what really come together as a sport band and get through the next couple of months together and get through next season because if the championship go, we're talking about Super League not being able to survive the top level. How can the how can you? Ask the championship clubs to survive when they get at not nowhere near as much money as the Super League. Yeah, exactly, man. Exactly. But like you said, though, I think the, the overriding message is that everyone just has, you know, in some way just got to, to pull together, haven't they? And, and support what's trying to be done. You might, you know, we might not always agree with what they're doing, but certainly from a Super League point of view, the, the positive is that we are going to get to watch, or no, we should <laughs> get to watch some rugby this year. and Unless you just throw on top of Yeah, anything and... Just, mate, it's... Just look at some of the players that you're not going to get to watch. And, you know, Sonny... I don't Bill, think Sonny Bill... Uh, dead, you... mate. He's played about four games and got $10 million. 
He won't play again in Super League. No, he won't. That's what I mean. It's insane. Like, gone. It's an absolute waste of talent. John Wilkins' career, gone. Yeah, ended just like dust. And, and, and obviously... Gareth O'Brien, a Davin back at Saints tomorrow. Good player, really, isn't he? Good player. Really but all these players, they're, they're going to have to take reduced deals now because, you know, they've not played for so long. and It's just... And, and, and the, you know, they're going to get last pickings of, of obviously any deals that can go about if you're a club. You know, the last players you're going to take on is Toronto players. So, you know, they're going to have whatever's left like, of the salary cap, basically, or whatever clubs can afford. Um. I think the only player who will still be at Toronto after all this is Matty Kerr. <laughs> <laughs> he's been the only player there to survive since League One. The yeah, League, and he's he is, isn't he? But what's the centre band? Is it Rick, Ricky Latella? Ricky Latella. Ricky Latella. Latella. Yeah. Sign him up, Eamon. If you're listening, Eamon. Yeah. Get, get your millions well, out and sign him up. I think, to be honest, that a, a team that I think could massively do with him is Wigan. Oh, yeah. Shut up! No, I know. But... Need we need a centre. Is Nick Armour going then? Is he Josh? Is For me, yeah. He's he's his wife's pregnant and having a baby, and this season I think he's gone there. Fair enough. So next year we'll be looking at a fullback again. Kuzi will be gone. Sad to see. I think. Wells being the same. Wells being the same. Are they ready to step in? Ooh. Still need to cover though, don't you? Big, big. big Big Rick in from Toronto. Help Toronto out, Dan. We've we've just talked about helping Toronto out. So let's help Toronto out by giving him, him, <laughs> give, give him 100 grand for him. Yeah. Say. Get him on the cheap. Let's we'll, get him we'll, in we'll 50 grand for Sonny Bill as well, either. Yeah, yeah, and we'll ask Sonny Bill if you're right on 500 grand a year. Obviously, Warrington. Greg Inglis coming over next year. Is is that still going to go ahead? Yeah, of course, man. Still sign Sonny Bill. Don't don't be surprised if that happens. Don't be surprised if wanted to turn around and say to Toronto, we'll pay the wages, just play. Yeah. They haven't got a salary cap. Like Wigan two years ago. Wigan didn't have a salary cap two years ago. And, and they'll get away with it because of the big club. <laughs> as well, man. That, that's what that annoyed me. And oh. I'm not just saying it because it's Wigan. I'd say if it was Saints, what's the difference between Wigan, Warrington, Saints, Leeds and Salford? Nothing. So why yeah. did Salford get hit with a minus 12 and Wigan get hit with a minus 6? Yeah, no, I agree with you. Yeah. I agree, mate. It's been a laughing stock. But it has. Fingers, but like you said before, fingers crossed we end up with the right people at the top at some point. And... It's time, mate. It is time now. I've got to the point there where it, this is just the borderline. Set some rules in here now because it, this is basically saying clubs are not asked, they'll do what they want because they know they'll only get 10 grand five and minus four points. Yeah, so, it's time to let's get rugby league back to where it was, let's get it back on track. Here's the rules this is what happens if you play as a cork in bad name in the sport, the, 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 how bad it is that I'm banned for life. Or the, your club are fired and the players fired. Yeah. What's the, well, they, they have something in Australia called the. Um, Integ- integrity in it. Integrity unit, yeah. Super League that's what we need. Mate, we need that because yeah. how many players do you see 
like for example now, Toronto are in the headlines and rugby league's in the headlines. It, I can guarantee it'll be a little bit purpose tomorrow, front, front line of main purpose. Yeah. Rugby league is yet again in the purpose for the wrong reasons. Yeah. Yeah, I know they've been in the purpose for good reasons too, but for bad reasons again. The RFL can't let Toronto get away with this. Yeah, I know it's been a hard time for a lot of people, but they can't let them get away, get away with this. You've got to turn around and say, look, these are the rules. The rules are, you better sign a gap, like I said before, minus 12, blah, 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 so on and so on. If players are caught in the purpose for the wrong reasons, for example, drugs, first time you're banned for 12 months, two years, second time you're banned for life. No yeah. second, yeah. straight away. No third chance, no fourth chance, you're gone. And I, I just feel it, it, it's, it, sounds, it sounds a lot stricter, but it'll surely take the game forward again. Dad. Surely that will take the game forward. Why would Sky want to get a better deal with a, a sport what's always in the papers for the bad reasons? Exactly. They're not going to win, they're At some point, they're just going to you know, cut the ties with us and... And we wonder why Stobart only wanted pitches of Super League plays on side of wagons. Exactly. You know what I mean? Betfred yeah. are going to be brought into it now because it's going to be the Betfred Super League team, Toronto, Wolfpack, can't fulfil their fixtures for the full season. They were due to play on Sky Sports on the 2nd of August. Straight yeah. away there, you've got Rugby League in there and two, sponsors, two of the main sponsorships. <laughs> They're not going to want to give more money for bad naming, are they? Let's be honest. So, I think... Start off with we need a stricter rule set, and then hopefully someone who knows what to do at the top of the game. Listen to this, mate. Just as we're speaking here, so confirmed, nobody will be relegated uh, from the eleven-team Super League this year. And then it says Championship and League One seasons are done for twenty twenty, but the RFL are inviting clubs to take part in a special competition this autumn to celebrate Rugby League's one hundred and twenty-fifth anniversary. So there's no rugby league for championship and league one this year. How many teams are we going for survived that then, Dan? Oh, I've no idea, mate. And what happens to the Challenge Cup now? Bad times, mate. Oh, but the thing is, they'll expect them to fulfil them fixtures. You know what? If I was a championship and league one team, nah. I wouldn't stick the two fingers up and say, fuck off, I ain't fulfilling them fixtures. That is an absolute joke, mate. That is a joke. They have yeah. literally pissed up the back of a championship club and League One clubs. That is atrocious, Dad. Absolutely. And they wonder why club, why fans are falling out with rugby league as quick as they fell in love with it because of decisions like that. That's that's no thought into that. That's the easy option. Scrap them. Just listen to this, mate. Just read about this a bit more now. The competition that they're asking the championship clubs to play for has a, a, a prize money, just a, a one-off prize money of 250 grand. Now, if that's played over three months, if you're witness, you're paying 240 grand to your players, aren't you? That, that's basically... We so couldn't be no asked. We couldn't. We couldn't be asked rescuing your season, but here's a shitty little cup to play in. That's all that is. In autumn Just, as well, when 
it, 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 that is atrocious, Dad. That is, it's just, it, it, that is bad, mate. Really bad. If they, like I said to you at the start, if they couldn't have it all, have knob. Because they, what they've not looked at the bigger picture there, it's going to affect Super League going forward. It's going to affect Rugby League going forward this now. Because it'll be interesting to see how many of them championship clubs and League One clubs survive. It, it's going to be interesting. It is, mate. Right, Josh. We've uh, I think we've bored people enough. So what we'll do? Yeah. I'm going to, uh, we're, Nathan's going to join us next week. Um, Castleford yeah. fan Nathan, obviously, give us a, a feedback there the other week as well. So uh, looking forward to getting getting him back on. I'm going to speak to Sandy as well from Toronto and see if she can sort of give us the Toronto side of this next week as well. Obviously, we're going to hear you know quite a few things come out in the news this week. So hopefully, by then we're a bit clearer. Um, so, yeah, a bit of a weird one tonight, mate. It just feels very negative, but <laughs> it, that's a, it, it. It was always going to be that, wasn't it? It was yeah. always going to get off your chest what you want to happen. The reason I've been so passionate about it tonight, Dan, I love rugby league. Yeah, I said those lad, and for me, that's all said those as a town's got left. Yeah, it is, mate. Yes. So I want it to succeed. It has done that. Yeah. Like, see, Fat Weef and your Cockface, Rugby Club, Pilks, Blackbrook, is the Portugal Panthers. I, I, I hope every one of them can survive. I hope they all come out at the other side. Saints is another team. Wigan, for example, with the football and the rugby. Yet, if the football go, mate, where does that leave the rugby? Because can the yeah. rugby afford to run that ground? So, exactly. imagine the football go. Wigan would be kind of for that ground. Wigan would be then go to Lee. Wigan's got nothing left. Yeah. Because their, their teams are playing out of their town. So yeah. nothing is getting brought into their town. It's getting brought into Lee. It ruins the economy. It, it does, If you think about every week, there's 10,000 people spending money in and around St. Helens Town Centre going to the games and, and putting money into the club. But like you said, if, if all of a sudden that goes... That money gets spent in different towns. It goes to you know Liverpool for drinks. It goes to you know watching different clubs. You know people going up watching Warrington, Lee, wherever it may be. So you know whilst that we're passionate about the team and whatever, but like you said, there, mate, there's also the the town element and and what what you know what damage losing clubs like St. Helens and Wigan and stuff can do for the town, not just the the fans of of that team, isn't it? Remember when we had a laughing joke about Tommy Martin coming out saying. Teams should join together. Yeah, exactly. It's to look a bit realistic now, isn't it? It's getting there, mate, yeah. It is, Merseyside, Witness and Saints, Greater Manchester Blues, Warrington and Wigan. What do we see? Who knows? <laughs> that was the thing. When Super League came about, there was all the talk about the mergers originally, wasn't there? So, oh, mate, who knows what's ahead? <laughs> who knows? Hopefully, Sandy knows what's going on in Toronto anyway. Yeah, well, that's it. Nathan will give us a bit about Castleford as well, and, and obviously, we'll have Sandy on. But um, just to, to Joe and James as well for joining us earlier on, really appreciate your time. Josh, you'll have to listen to that, and obviously, you've, you've not heard it yet. Um, two great lads, to be honest. So, you know, it was good to have them on and do something a bit different with them. Um, yeah, anything else you want to talk about? Anything else? Going on, it's, mate. it's just come. It's just come through my mind now, Dan, about 
Toronto and it said you've obviously asked. So have they actually come forward to ask to the player? So Feather have asked who play can they join? Yeah. <laughs> I think of all clubs, there's the one club I don't want to join because there's nothing less attractive than <laughs> rugby league at Post Office Road. <laughs> Uh, just uh, I, I don't know that age. Just, London, London, London in fact, London were the ones who got relegated, weren't they? Yeah. They went well last thanks year. Thanks, Tron. We've just got to thank Tron to have me for all this. And positive next year, that next week. Positive. Next week, it will be. Yeah, we'll be back in uh, our normal spirits next week. Um, and I think Sean Lunch joining us as well. So we'll uh, we get Sean Lunch on. Obviously, he's just started doing a bit of. Rugby league agent work as well, so we'll get his uh, his take on that as well as his career. Um, Be interested to see what he thinks about what the players' agents have tried to yeah. be doing now. Yeah, for the Toronto players. I bet what you, busy you agents. Well, there's some busy agents at the minute, isn't there? What would you do if you was Sonny Bill Williams' agents? What what? No NRL. De- so I think for. it depends. So if I've got Sonny Bill, I'm just saying take your money and stick your feet up. Likewise, John Wilkin. If I've got like a Brad Singleton or um, Anthony Malala, if, if he is he still at Toronto Malala, I don't know. I, I have a clue there. I've got Brad Singleton, um, you know, these players that are sort of in the peak. And Andrew Dixon's still only what twenty nine. If you've got these these players that you know need to to be playing rugby to earn contracts. To, to essentially make a living over the next five, six years, then you need to be looking to, to get out. And, you know, it's, it's going to mean taking a pay cut in the immediate future. But if you've got a deal that runs until the end of this year, you know, you might be able to cash in on 30 grand between now and then. Or you might be able to cash in between, you know, 15 grand going to like a wakefield. But then you're playing and you can earn a bigger contract for the next few years. It's A lot of big decisions need to be made by, you know, players individually and, and obviously the player managers, the clubs. Toronto in terms of you know what flexibility they're giving players who want to move on do they allow them to or do they sort of hold on to them contractually for next year um, it's you know fan led you, you relocate and obviously Gaz O'Brien takes his missus over to um, Canada with him if they relocate over here they're having to sell up over there and move back here you've got obviously Blake Wallace who actually lives in Canada I think he's the only one who actually lives over there you know he basically can't just move over here, visa restrictions and whatever you don't allow him to. All the Aussies would have, you know, pending visas and, and, and allow them to play for you know Canada clubs and represent over here as opposed to live and work over here. It's an absolute, you know, mine hole and, and the fact that um it's Toronto any other club it wouldn't be as bad, but the fact it's it's got the logistical problems of, of being Toronto as well just make everything worse. But each player's got massive, massive decisions to make and, and, and like I said, then player managers and their representatives, their families, the clubs who want to go for them, the clubs obviously Toronto who want to sell them. It's it's gonna be a interesting few months, mate, isn't it? I would myself, Dan, if I was a player's agent, you might laugh here. But I would be I know they're doing it since they're made to do like a, a plumbing course, electrician course. Yeah. Such so we'll get on the tools for a few months. No, I, I turn around and I'd, I'd say to the player, Look, you've got a trade, try and get 
a job doing that and I'll try and get you a part-time contract with a Super League club. Yeah. And if that means they're earning 10 grand now to October yeah. with Saints, they'll, they'll probably be making up 20, 20 odd grand, 25 grand. And just sort of like covering injuries sort of thing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and just when you look at that, Dan, they'll be earning 35 grand a year and it might not be half as much what to get it to Toronto, but they're playing rugby league yeah, and they might impress within the time. And like you said, that might not be a bad thing. That mate, you you know you you sort of onto something that if you've you know if if Saints you know further down the the line lose a Matt Percival to an injury or um you know a, a James Robbie or anything like that, and you can go and get a short term deal on a you know Ricky Latelli or um, Blake Wallace or Joe Meller if it's a standoff, you know whatever it may be, yeah, you sort of. You know, the players should stay in training to you know allow for that to happen. The other thing as well is Josh, you've now got probably what two, three hundred championship players that are free agents for the rest of this year. You know, I bet there's there's probably some players in that championship that Super League clubs are going to look at and see if they can, you know, get a, a bit of cheap labour for the next sort of three, four months as well, won't you, mate? Definitely, I just feel like. Agents have got to you've you've got to be realistic now. You've got to sit down with your player and say, "Look, you've you've got your Jordan Jordan qualification. My first thing is go and get try and get a job doing that if they already haven't got one. So that straight away they probably already had one done, and away you go. They're, they're, they're doing that, and then these agents they should go to if they're good enough. Wigan Saints wanting to leads. Look, I'm looking for a part-time contract for I don't know Andrew Dixon. Now, now what's all the paying ten grand? If if you can, or what can you offer? Yeah. Type thing. L- listen to what the club's got to offer. That's it. I can guarantee, mate. Some of them players will do it for less than what we're talking here. I think some of them players would do it for ten grand and a push, as well as. If you think else, between now and October, you've what four months? If you can get ten grand in four months, two and a half grand a month, it's it, it, it's essentially what a lot of them would have been earning on furlough. I mean, obviously not the Toronto players, but you look at like an Alex Gerrard at Lee, who's played Super League before. If you have a problem with down injured, he's going to you know fit in seamlessly. He'll get two and a half grand a month, um, and 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 the Super League club doesn't miss too much in terms of you know the the, the sort of player that they've got. Replacing whoever it may be, because you know someone like Alex Gerrard, you know, would would seamlessly fit into any Super League side. You know, if we didn't sign James Graham, I'd be quite happy with an Alex Gerrard for a few months just to to sort of soften the blow of losing, you know, Luke Thompson, um, Junior Sows at least at the minute. He's a quality player. There's there's loads of players in that Championship who could step up and do a job, mate. And and like you said, there's ten grand for between now and October. I'm sure there's players that would happily jump at it, mate. But it's players like Genius How have they got the trade behind them? And that that's another thing that what you, you touched up on there with overseas players. Will they have that trade behind them as as well as other part time contracts? I know Chris Hill is a bathroom fitter, yeah. for example. Matty Rees is an electrician, yeah. Louis McCarthy Scars books a plumber. I don't know if you know anyone else than that. Like you said, uh, there, mate, there's a good few, isn't there? And it's, uh, you know, it's, it's good to see them doing it, but 
there's a lot it's of players. An option, but to be fair, it's an option. It's an option, but it's going to play into their hands now. To be fair, because they could turn around this set of clubs. But an agent-wise, look, I've got Sonny Bill Williams here, who's once forty grand a year. But I've got Andrew Dixon here, who could do the same job, but not enough quality. But he's willing to play for ten grand a year. Yeah. Yeah. Andrew Dixon's gonna get gonna get snapped up, isn't he? Of course, he yeah, there'll be three or four clubs queuing up for him. Three or four, and and that that's across the Super League. That uh, Matty Russell's another one at Toronto. He could quite easily go and get a Super League club. Um, there's there's tons of them, mate. There's there's I reckon there's probably thirty, forty players who between now and and, and October will see themselves getting a little short term deal at you know at some. Super League club and, and play a few games here and there and earn a small amount of money that's going to keep them taking over. Um, I, I think we will see that. But the only problem is, mate, is all these players accepting players uh, uh, pay cuts. Sorry, if you're accepting a pay cut and then you know you, you see your club recruiting players, how does that sit? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> it's all it's oh. just a mad situation, mate. It's crazy. If all the players do start to go from Toronto, mate. Toronto have got no one for next year. They've decided exactly, to yeah. next year. So obviously Toronto have had words with their players. I think Toronto are still going to be paying their players full. Yeah. I'll be honest. And I think that's why they turned around and said we can fulfil next year. But you'll now see what players are bothered about playing rugby. 100%. Yeah. 100%. Earning money, you know what I mean? And you'll see that now. And you touched up there, you're John Wilkin. If I was John Wilkin, I'm not going to be asked. He's done his bits. Sonny Bill Williams, you're not going to be asked. He's done his bits. <laughs> so you're not bothered, are you? No. Pay if me, you're them, pay me, and, and you're getting your money for the rest of the year. You can't care less, mate. Pay me 11 million a year, mate, to watch Netflix at all. <laughs> who's, who, who's the winner? <laughs> who's the winner? Hang on, mate. Um, Hang on. Just, next week will be positive, definitely. It will. I, 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 I apologise for. We've let it as well. I just, <laughs> I have I, I was just annoyed, and that's annoyed me a bit more now. But I'll leave that till I've come off the phone, off the podcast. I'll just Go give it to you down the phone. <laughs> Josh, yeah, it's been a pleasure, mate. It has, mate. Uh, again, yeah, thanks for listening again to everyone, and, and you know, we start get a few more reviews on Apple and stuff now. Um, someone actually oh. dropped us a message on Anchor, but. I uh, I forgot to read it, I'll be honest. So I don't know what that was. So there's another negative report looking at <laughs> Probably another what was it? Was it was it Nathan who said you, you your voice was terrible or something, the audio? He said the audio he said it was, I was talking like someone's asleep in the room. I li- I listened to it last week and it sounded it sounded fine to me. So hopefully we've we've got it right now, but we'll see. Nathan, turn your volume up. That's a little bit. Someone, someone messages on Anchor and said something about oh it was something to do with the sound or something like that but it was it was like bubbling or something he said I'm sure he said it sounded like someone was underwater I was like what do you mean underwater <laughs> didn't quite get that but um, yeah someone was underwater I thought mm. I thought it sounded a lot better last week but I don't know I'll have to yeah, have a listen to this one and see what it's was better. that on about last week Dan underwater no it was a few weeks back this it might have been the same one as Nathan. I didn't, I didn't realize how you could read. It possibly was actually. I didn't realize how to read it. Um, 
but yeah. Because it might sound good to us, but not to them. Yeah, if you get one of these. Possibly, we'll see. Yeah, I've, um, I've enjoyed I'll... doing it. Always, mate, yeah, always. It's good. Um, yes, well, listen again and we'll tune in next week, Josh. Have a good week, mate. Yeah, have a good week. Stay safe, Dan. You too. And make sure you look after your business <laughs> and your money. <laughs> because I don't want next week and we've got no Dan Hammond or Josh Clark podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so, Stay safe, guys. Next, thank you. Yeah, thank you for listening. Bye-bye.